0: It's a Green and Gold Monday as the Packers have now a bye week to get themselves ready for the postseason. And yesterday they took it on the chin thanks to uh, a team that just wanted it. That was their Super Bowl, 37-30, the Detroit Lions. They knock off the Packers. Lions were sitting on the field taking those uh, kind of those fake photobomb pictures. They were ecstatic that they beat Green Bay. And uh, although I'll, I'll say this, um, People were up in arms because they lost the number one overall uh, overall draft choice. They don't need a quarterback. They've got a quarterback. So they're not desperate for one. And I really like what Campbell had to say after the fact. He said, we don't care about draft picks anymore. We value them, but we want to build a winning culture. The first thing you want to do to build a winning culture is win. And they want this win to carry over in the next season with some momentum. And, and draft choices be damned. They'll, they'll make a draft. I'm sure there's going to be somebody of quality ilk at number two, but people were up in arms about it. And he's like, no, we want to win. We, we, you can't build a winning culture unless you win. And that's what they want to do. So kudos to him yesterday for putting winning uh, a priority over draft position because clearly draft position for years and years and years has not mattered to a, a giant hill of beans when it comes to postseason uh appearances for the Detroit Lions uh joining us now on the hotline our good buddy Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette Eric how you doing pal
1: well doing pretty good really excited to uh kick back and uh watch a little football this weekend it's really going to be exciting uh this is the this is by far the best weekend of the of the football season I think it's all good football don't you agree
0: I completely agree, and the fact that the Packers don't have really a vested interest in it, other than who they will play next, uh, and we don't have to sit back and analyze all of that stuff. We can just enjoy it. is always always great. Uh, I want to I want to start right out with the over the middle coverage of Saint Brown yesterday, or lack thereof. Now we just got done talking about Shannon Sullivan, but it seemed like a soft zone defense, and still confusion in the secondary, and I. I have not gone back and looked at the, the, the All-22 yet. I haven't gotten it up. They haven't posted it. They won't post it till tomorrow. But I, I cannot figure out where the miscommunication continues to be and finger-pointing continues to be when it comes to coverage over the middle for this team. Can you?
1: A couple things. Um, they rotate down, so they look like too deep, and then they rotate down one of the safeties. Uh, and quite frankly – Uh, Mr. Amos didn't look like he was really excited to play football yesterday. Um, So there was some of that uh, that was happening. So when he was supposed to rotate down to the middle part of the field, uh, sometimes it wasn't probably as aggressive as it will be in two weeks from now. Uh, The other thing in it too is uh, Barnes uh, likes to uh, overrun his zone, uh, which kind of hurt a little bit. And uh, I think that when they have Barnes and, Campbell, well, primarily Campbell, uh, when they go to the nickel look with the five down or the five on the line of scrimmage or one linebacker, it'll, be, it'll look much better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I just think it was a to me out of the safety play yesterday, out of the, out of the uh, uh, out of those two guys, the Savage and uh, uh, Amos was just a little lackadaisical to say.
0: Uh, I know Matt Lafleur addressed it after the game. And he talked about guys having to win their, their, their job, so to speak, uh, their, their position. Uh, it seemed like he was not happy with the way, specifically on some of the... Now, I, I will say this because a lot of was being made after the game about, well, they beat him on flea flickers. At least you saw some of that. So now you get... Because you don't want to have it happen to you in the postseason. So you get a chance to really, on film now, it's kind of like the Detroit Lions did you a favor. You woke a few guys up. For guys that might have been sleeping throughout, now there's some things that you can self-scout and say, hey, look, they've been watching our tendencies, and they felt that this play would work against this particular coverage. You have to be aware of this now. So while they got beaten, kind of humiliated in that sense, on the other hand, it might prove to be rather worthwhile when it comes to putting it on film going forward in the postseason, right?
1: Well, especially that backside zone, you're absolutely right. uh, Right. uh, They were flown to the run. all that stuff so they kind of got a little little lazy there and uh flowed way too hard to the run and all of a sudden there's a guy wide open what's funny is if you watch the first one since you're going to watch the all 22 watch Razul douglas he's on the would be on the packers defensive uh right side and he sees it from the other side of the field and you got uh (laughs) the rest of the guys on the top of the field are, are, are falling asleep and chasing uh you know it was a good play design it was a post corner. So the, the you know the the um, uh, who it was Stokes up on the top. So he was he was running with the post corner, and everybody else ran to the to the uh, uh, run fake. And You see Brazil Douglas screaming and jumping up and down, pointing to the top. I thought for me that was kind of the most funniest play of the entire game.
0: Give me your thoughts uh, on the game itself. Uh, Packers obviously losing this one. They rotated some guys in and out. I said earlier, I said the good news was I saw Bakhtiari only laterally get beat once, and I thought I would expect more or more pressure, and it really didn't happen. He played a really solid game, I thought.
1: Yeah, I think where he was the rushiest was in the run game. I mean, in the past game, his feet uh, you know, surprisingly looked like they were there. Um, as the game wore on, you can tell he was starting to get tired. His feet were starting to drag a little bit. Um, but the run game is where, um, you know, that's where he showed the most rust. And, uh, I, I think it'll come back. I don't, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll see this and he'll get on the treadmill this week and they'll understand that they got to get him better, um, better cardiovascular condition to be able to, to withstand the entire game. But I would agree with you. I thought he played pretty darn good.
0: Now word breaks today in Rappaport saying that zadarius Smith has been cleared to play. So for the first time he confirmed it was a herniated disc surgery in his lower back. And that's that's never easy. I mean I I don't, you know, I mean I know they say he's been cleared to play and that he could be suited up as soon as uh, the first pro season game for the Green Bay Packers. How big would it be to get a Zadarius Smith back?
1: Well I think what that will do is give them depth you know, right now they don't have any depth at that outside linebacker position. And you got uh, Galea and you got um, uh, Garvin there. And boy, it's a, it's a big drop off. Don't let anybody fool you there. There's a big drop off when they're subbing those two guys for Preston Smith and for uh, Rashawn Gary. So you can, you, what it does, it gives you some really good. With depth and being able to rotate and keep fresh off the edge, I think that's going to be really, really important. Um, and really, they might be able to dial up some of their old packages where they put uh, the Darius Smith down uh, on the line of scrimmage, uh, or put um, insert the Darius somewhere in a dime package, but instead of having uh, uh, six linebackers and move him around um, and put him on the same side as Rashawn Gary, that that would that would, that would make me start to uh, grimace a little bit if I was the offensive coordinator and that happened. So he's gonna be, he should be really, really fresh. So I, I think it'll give him a little bit of pop and certainly depth. Um, I don't know how much he used the guy in the first game, but I mean to get some spells in there and have some quality reps um, instead of having to rely on the other two guys that are backing up, Bob um, Smith and uh, uh, Gary. That would, be, that would be a big help.
0: Um, when you look at the secondary of this team and I'm, I'm picking on the defense more so than anything, only for the fact that uh, they have not played well down the stretch. And and there's a lot of things I think that uh, people are just kind of overlooking because the offense has really cured some of the blemishes that the defense has brought to the forefront here as of late, as far as scoring defense goes. But when it comes to the secondary, I I still think, you know, I, I look at Stokes and he's played well. I look at Russell Douglas, he's played well. You can start going through that list. Right now, who in that – do you like – I mean, because Savage is taking a beating. A lot of people are pointing a finger at Darnell Savage Jr. and say, man, this guy, he doesn't have it. He can't cover. He can't do this. He can't – I like the fact that him and Adrian Amos – now, yesterday was not great – but they hit. I like the fact that if, if you get Jair back, you've now got coverage options. Shannon Sullivan doesn't necessarily have to be just your nickel guy. I mean, you got other options there now. How deep will this whole team be getting these guys back and getting, I don't want to say full strength because until you get your feet under you, you're not going to be back at full strength, but at least one game in to where these guys can say going into an NFC championship game that this team, barring mass injury, is pretty much back. How excited are you about that?
1: I, well, very because of the fact that they were able to get to do what they did without him in the secondary is a huge feat, and a and a rookie at the other across from him. So, uh, I think that was a uh, a tremendous thing. And I know a lot of people are are down on uh, um, some of the things that Darnell Savage does, but I, I think when you look at the whole body of work, those safeties they have saved this football team on the defensive side. And you know everybody wants to, it's pretty exciting. Zule Douglas, Razul Douglas is a really good. Um, uh, zone cornerback really good at it he does a nice job of staying uh, uh, behind the receiver and driving you know so he, he he's not like a young guy I mean the guy's got experience he's been in the league for a while he's played on some really good football teams so he's got experience and he's a, he's not a bad football player um, when I look at the secondary though I think you know it's going to come this is going to sound kind of strange but the weak spot uh, is really stoked. I mean, he gets fooled on a lot of things. Now he's gotten a lot better, but he gets fooled on, the, he's very susceptible to the double, to the double move. Um, what you like about him is he comes up and tackles. Um, you're going to have Jair Alexander out there now, who's going to be probably playing in a corner position. Uh, you're going to ask, ask him to come up and tackle a lot. Probably not until his shoulder gets a little bit better, but uh I mean, I guess he's not getting paid to tackle running backs. He's getting paid to cover receivers down the sidelines. So I really expect him to to take things to the next level for the way that the secondary is playing right now because what you can do is play him. He can take away your guy. So you put him out there on, you know, whoever it's going to be, Debo Samuel, whoever is going to be out there for the Niners or or, uh, C.D. Lamb, and just forget about him. Let him chase him all around the field and play zone with the other guys. And that gives you flexibility and it gives you it gives you some uh, opportunities for uh, interceptions down the road.
0: Talking with Eric Baranchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Uh, now you get guys healthy, you get a week of uh, rest, a week of action. But it seemed like, and, and to me, I know some people say it's not a great thing, but a fired up Matt LaFleur after watching what he witnessed yesterday and seeming like he was really pretty upset with some of the defensive things that happened, I think it ended up being a good thing. I still think the Packers, with a uh, health, you know, with Aaron Rodgers on the field for an entire game, I think the Packers win that game going away. But uh, I, th- I think maybe this loss might be a good thing. It might be one of those teaching moments. It might be maybe that hey, wake up moment that Matt Lafleur was looking for as he gets his players back to be able to say, hey, we we got a stretch run coming now.
1: Oh, I agree. Sometimes a lot of people don't get it, but sometimes a loss is the best thing. It's the the next best thing to home cooking, you know. you got to be able to get guys refocused. And it's really hard. When these guys have been playing, it's a 17th game. And to stay up and to stay sharp for 17 weeks when you're getting pounded like they get pounded physically, it's really difficult. Um, And I know you hear people say, well, they get paid millions of bucks, blah, blah, blah. You know what? go out there and do it. That's why they get paid millions of bucks because there's very few people that can do what they do. And to be able to do it for 17 weeks um, is really difficult. And I fully expect them to play a lot different in uh, in the coming weeks. The other end of it, you got to remember, too, is everybody else is watching film. It's not just the Packers watching film. Everybody else is Mm -hmm. watching stuff. So they wanted to play kind of vanilla, too, and just kind of, here's what we got. We're going to march our guys out here. We're going to we're going to do okay, and we're going to slow stuff down, but we're not going to get after it. So I, I I think going into the next game that it'll be it'll be much better. It'll look much better. Plus the offense is going to get going. They're going to be playing at home. Um, you know all the all the home cooking that's going on there, and if the, the offense starts hot, let, let's just let's just face the, the facts. The defense plays as good as the offense is because when they have that off, when the opposing teams' offense is forced to throw the football. Pack- that, that's where the Packers are built. They got good pass rushers. They're getting home a floor. They don't blitz to get to the quarterback and they got, you know, above average secondary. That's where that's it. So when, the, when Rogers is throwing touchdowns and the offense is scoring points, that just feeds right into the hands of the Packers D. And that's, that's the, the whole kit and caboodle is not, you know, the defense, this and that. And the other thing, the offense is what's going to drive any win going forward here. They got to get the other team's offense thinking, all oh, we got to do is pass to keep up with this guy. And um, if they do, defense will look good. If the uh, Packers sputter and, you know, end of the first quarter, they only got seven points on the board, now they're in for a fight. So the reality is they got to score early and often and get the other teams um, throwing the ball. So there's going to be interceptions and uh, sacks and and all that good stuff. So they need to, the offense is is the driver of that train.
0: Philadelphia on the road taking on Tampa Bay. Uh, I still think Tampa Bay is the team to beat, and Tom Brady uh, certainly turned it into high gear yesterday in the second half of that game against Carolina. It looked rather bad in the first half, but second half just kind of blew the doors off. If Philadelphia bites – I mean, Philadelphia's the team we haven't seen. We've, we we know what Tampa Bay brings to the table. Uh, we know what Arizona – we know what the, the Rams bring. We know what San Francisco brings. Uh, the Packers have not faced Dallas, obviously – but is there a team that in this next round, in this divisional round, that matches up well with uh, the Packers that maybe you don't want to see come to Lambeau Field? Or if they do, you're like, yeah, boy, that could be a really tough game.
1: Well, but by the time they get to the Packers, they're all going to be good. Um, I think the team that I would least want to face is San Francisco. I think that's that's a, a tougher ball club that runs the ball. Um they got a, you know, it's it's a totally different deal when they got their their team lined up right now with all the injuries they have. But that for some reason that that scares me. That 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 matchup between Shanahan and Lafleur is not one that I'm excited to watch. Um, now the Cowboys, I want my, I, I welcome the Cowboys to come up because you're going to have a fan base that is going to be raucous and just crazy and quite frankly. I don't think that football team is going to is going to um, perform well in the cold environment. But San Fran, they've come here, they beat us when it's two degrees outside, uh, not the same outfit. But um, I I believe that that's going to be the toughest out right now in the playoffs. is, is San Fran.
0: Eric, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. We'll uh, start to talk matchups next week. Okay.
1: Yeah, you make sure you have a good weekend and uh, kick up. Uh, sorry to hear about uh, Elmo and everything, so hope you're doing well. No, I
0: appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thanks, right. pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline. And as he alluded to, I was going to bring this up in case you didn't know, but uh, for 15 years uh, and recently been doing the show from home, every day I wake up and I do do my routine and I say, okay, let's go to work. And uh, my buddy Elmo and Mickey have been with me. And, uh, you know, about uh, uh, 10 months ago, uh, Mickey passed away. And on Friday, after I had left the air, uh, Elmo passed away. So there they are, uh, for those watching on the Bud Light Livestream. It's been hard. Um, on Saturday morning, for the first time, 15 years and 20-something days, when I wake up in the morning and you come downstairs, you don't have to fill the dog bowl with food. Or let one of them out, and uh, just a just a tough because I mean Elmo be, kind of became part of the show uh, for those that follow on the Bud Light live stream and uh, watched him, and he didn't do a whole lot. He just kind of laid around, and uh, sometimes you'd catch him, you know, rolling around or you know licking his paw or something like that. But for the most part, he just kind of stared into the camera, smiled. He knew what work was, and uh, he was a therapy dog early on in his life, and he loved to work. So when he when I would say let's go to work, he felt like he was going to work. And uh, it just got to be where the cancer had come back, and it it had overtaken him, and he was uh, he was starting to struggle, and it was a very tough decision. But uh, the entire family got together, and uh, we were with him when he passed. But he passed away on Friday, so that's the reason I ended up taking off the last hour of the program on Friday afternoon was to go say goodbye to Elmo. So anyway. For those that did not know, that's, that's what it is. And for those that said uh, condolences and such uh, over on the Facebook fan page, uh, I, it's, it's so tough because so many people, uh, almost between the two pages, over 1,000 people said something. So I'm trying to get back to everybody, but thank you so much for all the support. Because dogs, it, you, you will never know what unconditional love is until you have an animal. And all they want you to do is just care for them, and that's it. They don't give a damn who you are, what you are, what you do for a living, or anything. Just sit and pet them and hang out with them. So uh, very, very tough weekend. Here at the house. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
1: Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
0: Network. Glad to have you. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. On this Monday, as the Packers now, they get some good news. I mean, uh, earlier this morning, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network it stated that uh, it looks like Zedaria Smith is going to be cleared. And he, as, as Ian Rappaport reported, he said he should be ready to go for the divisional round playoff game. And the fact that you're going to get Jair back, Zider- and I—I I have to admit, I—I said if you get Zedarius back, it is a—it's icing on the cake, a blessing in the sky, whatever. You—you you get all of that. Uh, to get him back is huge. Um, they're getting David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers both came back yesterday, so that was good news. Uh, you're going to have Randall Cobb back on the field come the postseason. That's good news. So. There's a lot of things trending in a positive direction for the Green Bay Packers. And, and uh, as, as Jay, Jay puts it, he says, all these guys coming back and the perfect storm of scenario for the Packers to win a championship makes me all that much more skeptical. It's almost like it's too, like, don't touch it. It'll break. Don't think about it. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's, 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 the, it's too perfect. Something has to go wrong. Like things are just no, it's not supposed to happen that way, you know. And, and I understand that, but you just you just wrap your arms around the good. Um, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as a matter of fact, uh, looks like Leonard Fournette. Uh, he should be. Uh, uh, they say he looks great. Should be back along with Shaq Barrett, JPP as well. Both of those guys. Levante David remains uh, really the biggest question mark right now for Sunday. But it seems like those three those three guys are coming back. You get Leonard Fournette back, that running game becomes formidable. You know, with what you have, not that it's a huge passing attack, but, uh, you know, Gronk obviously is a two-man job. So you you got some weapons, and and they are still a good football team. Still a good football team. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. But the Packers, with the way things are going and the fact that other than Marquez Valdez scaling, and we'll have to find out more about the back issues, I don't know if it just locked up on him. Or what, but we'll see if his back issues. They'll probably, you know, really a lot of therapy, intense therapy this week. I would I would be surprised if they didn't have him massage. Now, I don't know if it's a spinal issue when it comes to discs and such or if it's muscular. If it's muscular, you're on that therapy table down there every day. Uh, you're going through flexibility. You're going through core work. You're probably getting acupuncture. Anything and everything to relieve whatever that stress is and to get him back. And then you're going to have your full complement of receivers short of Robert Dunyon. Everybody will be back. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. 877-867-1670. <clears throat> Andy, everybody that said condolences regarding Elmo, I certainly appreciate it. I don't want to get, get into everybody's uh, emails and stuff and notes, but thanks to everybody. I, re- I appreciate it. If you've ever been a dog owner, you know you know what it's like. So. um Greg says, uh, hey, Unit, uh, this defense scares me, but special teams continues to be a problem. What was the problem yesterday? Was it Mason Crosby or was it the hold? It was Mason. It was Mason. It was Mason Crosby. He just missed it. He he knew it the minute he kicked it. He missed it. That's it. Just when you started to go, whew, you just missed it. Hopefully it doesn't rear its ugly head again in the postseason when it matters the most, you know? Cross your fingers that it doesn't. Uh, this is uh, from Rogers MVP. Says, uh, do you think Aaron did enough yesterday to solidify himself as the MVP? I don't think he needed to do anything, but yes. Just yesterday, he just all he did yesterday when he went into that contest was just kind of padded a little bit. Couple of touchdowns, quarterback rating of 135.6, 8 uh, 14 of 18 yesterday, 138 yards. looks smooth, no problem. You know, yes. I, I adding was it 37 touchdowns I think now and four picks on the 37 to 4 it's like unheard of. It's a ridiculous number. Yes, I think Aaron Rodgers did enough to solidify himself as the MVP. Yes. I already thought he was. That was just my opinion, but yeah, I think he did enough by far by far uh 867 uh this is John who says I don't want to see Tampa Bay again Brady has no fear of this team Brady doesn't have any fear of anybody um it, but if you' look you would you want you want to say you hope maybe Philadelphia knocks them up maybe Philadelphia pulls one out of the hat and they can do it maybe that as Ben Kenny put earlier, That cautious optimism, you know, that cautious confidence. Okay, maybe they do that. But I don't – last year the Packers had them beat. The Packers turned the ball over. It was an Aaron Rodgers pick and an Aaron Jones fumble. Those two things cost them that game. I think if you do it all over again, you play the exact same game, I think at the very end, Aaron Rodgers runs it in for a touchdown. And you're talking about possibly a different outcome. I I, I think that if they face him again, it, it will be a different outcome honestly I think right now just between you me and the fence post I look at it as I I don't I don't fear Tampa Bay. I fear a hot 49er team. I fear the emotion getting away from the Green Bay Packers against the Cowboys <coughs> or take it to another level trying to beat a team like Arizona trying to beat a team like the Rams again to beat them twice in the same season that's tough. But I don't, I don't, uh, I, I gotta admit, I, the, the rate, the Brady Rogers part two in an NFC championship championship game at Lambeau field doesn't scare me. Wouldn't scare me. 877 867 Um, by the way, uh, coming up a little bit later on today, Connor Orr is going to be joining us talking some, uh, Talking some postseason. Staff writer at SI and the MMQB. He's going to join us today. Talk about the NFL playoffs. Also a little bit about the coaching carousel. And then don't forget Mike Clemens today wrapping things up in the last hour of the show. Uh, Eric says San Francisco will beat Green Bay if they come out slow like they always do after a bye. Well, that's if they face them. If they face them. uh, Put it this way. I don't say they always will uh, because San Francisco is not the juggernaut they once were from a couple of years ago. They don't run the ball the same way. They're good. To me, it, it their offense doesn't scare me, and Garoppolo doesn't scare me. Letting Garoppolo get into a rhythm scares me because he looked good when they finally got into a rhythm yesterday. But what scares me is that that defense dictated the rhythm of that game. That defense dictated their, their emotion. They got into that thing, man, big time. Because they were down. I mean, there is no way the Rams should have let them come back into that game. And they got a couple of big plays defensively on Stafford. They put pressure on him. They nicked up that ankle. He was hobbled around a little bit, and they could smell it. And they, they that's when they put the pedal down, man. Defense, that defense is what dictated that comeback, not the offense. The defense did. Some big plays on defense, and that's what ignited that team. And that's what scares me more than anything. Stay tuned. More of The Bill Michael Show next.
1: This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio
2: network
0: Welcome back Man, come
3: on. 6 Phil Michael
0: show continues Everybody so, the, uh, the way the regular season ends, the Green Bay Packers ended up, believe it or not, defensively, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, third best overall defense in the National Football League. Third best. They ended up as the number two after the last two weeks and the tackling not being nearly as good. The no, they were number one pretty much all season long. But over the last couple of weeks, the tackling has really the last two out of three weeks uh, because they did play much better against Minnesota. But that game against Cleveland left a lot to be desired. But they ended up the number two tackling defense in the National Football League. Second pass rush defensively in the National Football League. And they ended up seventh overall in coverage in the National Football League. Seventh overall in coverage. When it comes to total offense, the Packers ended up number six. Number six. When it comes to uh, the pass uh, passing game, they ended up tied at number seven with the Tennessee Titans. The pass blocking of the Green Bay Packers, now think about this for a minute, because think of all the injuries this team had. And they were number eight overall in the National Football League. Number eight. When it came to running the football, the Packers finished number two via pro football focus and the ability to run the football. When it comes to run blocking, though, up front, their uh, offensive line ranked 23rd, which is a little bit to be expected. But that gives you an idea how good Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon are at creating their own space. So some really good numbers. Overall, in the National Football League, overall, everything uh, combined. Because special teams, we all know, was a work in progress. Special teams, the Packers ended up 31st out of 32 teams in the National Football League. 31st. Uh, Overall, though, the Green Bay Packers ended up number six overall via pro pro, uh, Pro Football Focus. So there you go. Um, Rick says uh, I'm with Eric. I don't want to see the 49ers again and their nasty front seven and that running attack. Philly also could be tough out for the Packers unless uh, they uh, uh, lead on uh, get a lead on them early. Uh, and that's the Packers' way to beat anybody: is get a lead on them, force them into being a one-dimensional team.
2: If you thought um, the Packers were bad at fast starts, you haven't seen the Eagles play football. It's unbelievable. Go. What do the Eagles have to do to beat Tampa Bay? Run the ball, really? I mean, Tampa's, That's it? Tampa's front is so good at stopping the run, but the Eagles have been probably the best running team in football this year. So if they can run the ball, the offense has proven to be dynamic. If it, They just have to keep Brady on the sideline, I feel like. So just
0: basically keep the offense off the field, run the ball, get points, and then pray.
2: Kind of, yeah. I mean, pressure Brady. <laughs> Just I try to avoid whatever tricks he has up his sleeve, like spying on you at practice or deflating the football, and then you'll be fine. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> so you think Brady
0: is still doing, uh, doing dirty deeds down there in Tampa Bay?
2: No, I joke. Tampa Bay, Brady, I actually like a lot. New England, Brady, I couldn't stand.
0: Yeah. I think New England, Brady, was a byproduct of Belichick-isms. Definitely. And just the way they went about their business. It, it is, uh, it's funny, when we were in Rhode Island, when Chris, when I went back uh, for Thanksgiving with Kristen and we drove over to Foxboro, and I've been to Foxboro numerous times, but it's, you drive past there, and uh, all I could hear was that Star Wars Death Star theme in the back of my head, dun, 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 dun you know, that thing, uh, as you drive past it. I don't know why, it's just, that's what I envision every time I drove past, so, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it would be uh, – now, now, what would the upset monumentally be in Philadelphia Eagles lore should they knock off Tampa
2: Bay to advance? I mean, they're just happy to be there. So the expectations are low. I don't think it would be monumental. It would just be like, wow, we uh, this team yeah. with four wins last year. Now they're in the playoffs, and they have a chance to beat Brady.
0: By the way, so breaking news out of the uh, NFL. Did you see Judge kept his job? Yes, I did. Judge kept his job. He went down and gave a rah-rah speech to the team, and immediately Dave Gettleman, their general manager uh, and senior vice president, has announced his retirement from the Jets or from the Giants. So Judge is staying, Gettleman is retiring, so there's still more shakeup in the National Football League. But uh, yeah, I can't believe Judge is keeping his keeping his
2: job. My buddy just texted me, big Giants fan. He said, what we need to do, get a new GM, hire Brian Flores, get Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah. I
2: was like, you're right.
0: That would be a massive shift. That would be a massive shift. By the way, we haven't even mentioned it, but tonight you've got the national title game. If Alabama wins tonight, Nick Saban will be the oldest coach to win an FBS national championship at 70 years old he'd be 15 days older than Bobby Bowden did it when Florida State won the Sugar Bowl back in 2000. He would be beyond GOAT. Can you say, is there anything negative other than just I don't like him? Is there anything negative you can say about Nick Saban in the program? No. He has stayed away. Now, don't get me wrong. He owns Tuscaloosa. So, there is nobody down in Tuscaloosa that's going to say a bad word against that football program. He could get anything and everything he wanted. So if there's been anything that's happened down there, they've been able to sweep it under the rug and keep it out of the media. But there has not been anything about that program that's even sniffing of of the word dirty. You know? Like Urban Meyer, you kind of got the sense that something was going to happen. You know, you know what Brian Kelly brings to the table. He's a sleaze. You know, you, you just know programs—they're going to win—and then all of a sudden, you're going to hear about. Oh, by the way, all the championships Nick Saban has ever won—you don't hear a damn thing about that program. Did you watch the uh, the SEC piece that uh, ESPN ran last night, by any chance? No. What was it? It was—I uh, think it was like uh, SEC Saturdays or something like that. It was just—it was almost like a good thirty for thirty. It was all about the SEC. And it goes back to Dak Prescott days with uh, with Mississippi State. Paul Feinbaum propaganda. And, uh, some Paul Feinbaum in there a little bit, but you know, just some discussion. And it was you know former players and fans discussing the rivalries and what Saturdays are like, and you know, and then they talk about you know then then the arrival of Nick Saban in Alabama and you know the one of the poorest states in, in the union, but pumping out the millions that it is for Alabama football and what it means to that area, and then. Nick Saban and philosophies and what he originally thought when he came in as the head coach about winning and what winning meant. And then he said somewhere along the line, his philosophy changed and it wasn't about the wins and losses. It was about what you do to get to the wins and losses. It was all about the details and just win this play. Go win this play. You have seven seconds to go win this play. Go win that play. You know, it's just when he breaks it down and you start to leave, even if it was just a 30-second soundbite, it was like, okay, now I get why there's these, these glimpses of greatness coming out of Alabama and, and what Nick Saban's all about. It's not to say that other coaches are bad. It's just that this guy has got as much as I just want to hate him, and I want to, not because he's a bad guy, but because we're just tired of having them win but now you understand why he's just so good in all the behind the scenes footage that was that was there last night it was just it was so good listening to him interact with his players you know and i've i look i i was around bob huggins when bob huggins was coaching cincinnati that was one of my first gigs was to cover bob huggins and people hated that guy because of his screaming and his f bombs and his antics on the sidelines but when you went and covered a practice you get why they were so good you get why the guys loved him because of the of what he did for them and the way he treated them and it, it you got it you know that was completely the counter opposite of the persona that you saw fiery in the games and fiery with the media after games so for for sabin he can be snarly and he can be snarky and takes offense and wants to rule you know Tuscaloosa with an iron fist and how dare you question me but to listen to him behind the scenes was just, it it was a really cool piece last night. And I was flipping back and forth watching the Sunday night game with the Raiders and uh, the Chargers and then flipping over to that. So it was really cool. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up. we got a lot more to get into. Badgers, by the way, uh, undefeated last week. They have risen steadily. They are now number 13 in the country with Ohio State next up on the docket. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael show coming up next.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Now, in Green Bay, here's
0: Mike Clemens.
3: The Packers losing to the Lions, 37-30 to here at Ford Field. Green Bay took an early lead. Devontae Adams with six catches and setting a new team record for most receiving yards in a season, surpassing Jordy Nelson.
0: He actually just texted me when I was walking in here right now, so I didn't want to rush it and uh, send him just anything, so I got to make sure I get something that's heartfelt for him but uh it feels great man
3: aaron Rodgers played the first half throwing two touchdowns a quarterback rating of 135.6 and says he nudged david bakhtiari and rookie center josh myers both coming off knee surgeries to get back on the field this week before the playoffs to get that offensive line set i wanted
0: to get out there with, with dave and josh and yeah, that was my main main focus obviously want to get Devonte, uh, you know his his record but you know get some rhythm within the offense get some rhythm with those two guys
1: especially we got to figure out what our best five is and what our healthiest five
3: is. Jordan Love moved the ball in the second half and hit Josiah DeGora on a short pass that turned into a 62-yard touchdown, but Love threw two critical interceptions in the fourth quarter that helped the Lions secure the win. Matt LaFleur.
0: No matter who's out there, the expectations don't change. We're about winning with the Green Bay Packers. We'll never just celebrate the effort. we got to win and we'll never accept losing.
3: The Lions took advantage of some Packers substitutions and ran some trick plays, like a fake punt and a 75-yard touchdown pass from wide receiver Tom Kennedy to teammate Kalief Raymond. Kennedy was asked, when was the last time he got to throw a TD pass?
2: Uh, when I was younger. We ran, uh, like a 38-pitch pass. We ran like bush bone, 38-pitch pass in a nine-year-old championship game. Scored a touchdown on that.
3: (laughs) Packers defensive back Shandon Sullivan left the game with a knee injury. The Packers have the bye week. After a losing season his first year as the Lions head coach, Dan Campbell says they ended on a high note at home.
0: We said we wanted to go take the hard road one more time, and our guys did that. They really did. They came out and competed and earned that win. I was proud of them.
3: In Detroit, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show
0: welcome back we continue on by the way I don't know if you saw this but Tom Brady yesterday during that win during the uh, the Bucks win they got a 41-17 win yesterday uh, it was uh, a close game at half as a matter of fact they were trailing if I'm not mistaken but then they just poured it on But the big news coming out of that game was Tom Brady found out on the sideline that Gronkowski, he went into the game with the possibility of getting a million-dollar incentive, and all he needed was seven catches and 85 yards to hit two separate bonuses of $500,000 each. Uh, He uh, hit the first one, the yardage one, early in the second half. He had a 42-yard catch. And he, uh, he, he got the bonus right there. But he was one reception shy of getting an additional $500,000. And they had about seven minutes to go. The starters were coming out. And Brady found out about it. And Brady grabbed his helmet. You can see on the sideline, the video, uh, he, 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 he was not coming out of the game. Wasn't going to happen. And uh, he ended up running back onto the field, grabbed his helmet, and moments later, uh, he he got uh, Gronk the full bonus with a short pass near the sideline. And uh, right then and there, Gronkowski got a million bucks in his pocket for that game yesterday. So that was the big news that came out of the contest um, yesterday with, with uh, Tom Brady. So... I don't know if it means a hill of beans for guys making millions anyway that a guy gets an extra million bucks but Brady went back in because he was not going to leave his buddy hanging with one reception needed. Just an interesting day at the office yesterday for Tom Brady. Now, does that change your opinion of Brady at all there, uh Ben Kenny?
2: No, it's uh, I it, I don't think that was the biggest uh, story in terms of hitting those milestones. Vikings fans freaked out after the game on Sunday. Because Justin Jefferson came 17 yards short of breaking Randy Moss's record for something either in a season or throughout the first two seasons. And they okay. crucified Zimmer, and they ended up getting fired. Because uh, towards the end of the game, they stopped throwing Jefferson the ball, it felt like. But Jefferson right. was begging for it, and, and Cousins wanted to get it to him, I guess. Yeah. But no, it doesn't change my opinion of Brandon. Well, Zimmer would be the guy that would say, I don't give a damn about
0: records. We're here to win ballgames. He'd be that guy. Whereas Matt Lafleur was like, "No, we're going to get Devontae his his his,
2: his yardage. We're
0: going to we're going to let him break the record."
2: That is the if best he can catch way. It, we're going to do it. That is the best way to make money, though. You bet all of the props in the last week of the season of guys that need to hit an incentive, and they all work. Does it
0: do? Do all the records that were broken yesterday for a single season now ring hollow because it was an extra
2: game? Only Dak Prescotts, as he was playing against the Eagles practice squad. Yeah, the rest, eh. I, I mean, it is what it is. The
0: Cowboys, I, is there anything? What, what's impressive about the Cowboys? Dak Prescott is an up-and-down quarterback. You're either gonna get, If you get really good Dak, and they get that momentum, and they start to get the run game going, he can be formidable. But there are times when he makes throws. I'm, I, there was a couple of throws yesterday. I'm like, what the hell? He threw one to CeeDee Lamb. I'm like, what are you doing? How was at his feet. Just looked bad. Uh, so, I, I don't know. What, whatever whatever version of Dak you get, I guess, is going to determine how far they're going to go in the postseason. Parsons really scares me. <clears throat> Parsons is, is top-notch, no doubt. When you look at the, the, the weapons they have with Zeke Elliott in the backfield, they got a decent tight end in Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. But then you look at Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Cedric Wilson's pretty solid. Malik Turner's over there, obviously uh, f- familiar, coming out of the Green Bay organization for Mike, Mike McCarthy. And the guys they have defensively, i that's a hell of a team. That's a hell of a football team. They should be extremely scary to any team facing them in the postseason because they can just turn it on at any time. And Zerline's a hell of a kicker. I think special teams, they're not bad either. But there are times when they just when they're on the field and you're watching them play, you're like, this team is, for all the talent they have, huh? They're they're good. They're not great. They get their left tackle back, Smith, that uh, the big cat on the one side, Zach Martin, he's back and healthy and playing well, now at that right guard position, and they love to run uh, Zeke Elliott behind him. So they, as long as that offensive line's intact, man, that's that's a good that's a good solid group. Crazy thing is, I don't even
2: think Zeke is their best running back.
0: Tony Pollard well, like, Tony, like, Tony Pollard's say, like, been Pollard better, better all year. Pollard has he he reminds me of Aaron Jones in quick step. He's got the he's got the jump cut and the burst. If he's got anything wrong with his legs, he's not nearly as good. Zeke'll run you over. But Pollard's he's that guy. He's quickly got that jump step. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So, uh, we got two hours down. We got two more yet to go. So we're gonna get into some stuff uh, with Pro Football, for, uh, uh, MMQB and Sports Illustrated coming up here in just a few. Connor Orr gonna be joining us here. So stay tuned for that. Uh, again, from Sports Illustrated and the MMQB, we'll talk with him.
1: Missed some of today's biggest plays? The Bill Michaels Show podcast is streaming at MadCitySportsZone